0: In the early days after Betty's diagnosis, I remember reading articles and blog posts that shared a common sentiment. Something along the lines of, Welcome to the club that you never wanted to be a member of. It felt right, and it felt easy to accept that feeling that we as parents and our children had become victims of our circumstances. We had no control over this, no choice in the matter. As much as we love our children, their lives would include challenges and difficulties that none of us would ever choose. But then I discovered that some people do. Some parents knowingly seek out and adopt children with special needs, bringing them into their families despite the challenges and the difficulties. They go through an often grueling process to apply for membership in this club. And in spite of the hardships, They somehow know even before they embark on this journey that there will be joy. It's hard to articulate the great respect I have for these parents who choose to be members of the club that so many of us say we never wanted to be a part of. Our story today is part one of one such mom's journey to finding her son. So stay with us. In January of 2013, my baby girl Betty was born. Later, we discovered she had a chromosomal deletion that would affect the rest of her life. I created this podcast to share the stories and struggles of special needs children and their families. This is episode nine of Bringing Up Betty. I'm Sarah Evans. Beth Ann's story starts out long before she became a mom, even before she got married. When she was 20 years old, she had an incredible experience that would set the stage for much of her future.
1: When I was 20 years old, I spent two months in India, and I was volunteering at an orphanage there. And I absolutely fell in love with the country and most of all with the children there. And um, they just just completely captured my heart. And, you know, going into that experience, in all honesty, I, I wasn't ever a kid person. I was, I was someone who thought I was going to go to med school. <laughs> and um, I went to the orphanage just wanting to help in the clinic. And I walked away just feeling completely different about everything and knowing that I wanted to be a mom and just, I just fell in love with those kids. They were amazing. And so I walked away from that experience and knew I wanted to adopt. I saw so many kids who were desperate um, for families and for just people to love them. I mean, it was just incredible um, being there. It was The orphanage was a very large orphanage compared to most. They had maybe a 1,000 children there. It was a little bit overwhelming, too, at times, just all these kids. And they had, like, a school right on the campus with, you know, multiple, maybe, like, 10 different classrooms that were just all filled to the brim. You would walk into the orphanage, and they would just flock to the grown-ups. I mean, they, you know, little kids just wanted to hold your hand and they'd say, auntie, auntie. That's just, you know, what they called any adult. It was auntie and uncle, you know. um, And they just... They wanted that love and attention and validation from adults because in the orphanage there, there were some adult staff, but a lot of it, a lot of the care and attention that the younger children got was from their room leaders who were like 16-year-old kids. So like a 16-year-old would be in charge of a room of 30 little girls, for example. So, you know, a 16-year-old girl. And then you know, same thing over on the boys' side. And so I just, I just felt for those kids, and just you know, tried my best to give them all the love and attention I could all summer long, and let them know how special they were, and how loved they were, how much I love them, how much God loves them. Um, and yeah, I just walked away and thought, you know, I know I can't, I can't adopt every child in all of India, but I can do what I can do. I can adopt some kids and love them and make a difference for them. At the time, I was actually dating Chris, who's now my husband. You know, I'd call him, it would be like 3 a.m. his time back in Pennsylvania. He was doing a summer internship and I would just, you know, pour my heart out and tell him all about these kids and my experience. And, you know, he kind of, by proxy, fell in love um, with India and those kids as well. Looking back, I can't remember how I phrased it or anything, but um, it definitely came up in conversation. Like, things like, yeah, I, I think I want to adopt. Like, I definitely think, you know, I want that to be part of my life. And he was totally like, okay, you know? Like, there wasn't – it was funny because we never had – we never had any, like, big philosophical conversations about it because really he was just – he was on board. There wasn't any – um like hesitation on his part. It was just like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, that can be part of our future.
0: Bethann and Chris got married when they were 22 years old and they knew they didn't want to have kids right away.
1: We kind of, um, you know, wanted some time to just be married. And, and so, um, we were probably married about five years and then decided, okay, so like, so what about this kid thing? Like, maybe, maybe we should do that. Like, maybe we're ready. And so we kind of like sat down and talked about it. And I think for us, it was then at that point, the decision was, do we try to get pregnant?
0: Bethann and Chris were open to having biological children and wondered if adoption would become a part of their story later on. But after talking about it, they decided now is the time to take the plunge
1: now is the time when we have the most like resources and time and attention to devote to this crazy, difficult task of adoption, which sounds bad to phrase. (laughs) It's a crazy, difficult task, but you know what I mean? Like I had done the research to know that like, okay, it's a long process and it, you know, financially it's, it's um, expensive. And so I was just like, you know, let's why not just do this first? Let's just do it. We know it's on our hearts. We know it's something we want to do. So, you know, we just um, kind of continue to pray about it. And I feel like it was really like only a two-week time period where we were both like, yeah, yeah, let's adopt first. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we just started looking into agencies and organizations, and we knew we wanted to do international adoption. I mean, our hearts were just obviously there. So that, you know, that part of the decision was pretty easy for us. After a little bit of research, they realized
0: that their chances of adopting a child from India were pretty much nil.
1: India isn't a country that does a whole lot of international adoptions, but I did find that they do a few. Um, And so we looked into it, but at the time, um, let's see, I think, yeah, I think we were 20 six and you had to be 30 to adopt from india so it was like off the table and so we're like okay well you know it's still on our hearts to adopt and you know there are kids everywhere that need family so um so we kind of looked at other countries where we'd be a good fit and we picked an we i guess from that point we essentially had just picked an agency that we really admired and respected the work they were doing Their research led them to
0: Holt International, an agency that has been involved in international adoption for a long, long time. They also have a special focus on special needs, and in the countries where they work, they try hard to keep families together.
1: We picked Holt and from there decided the Thailand program was a good fit. So we did everything, like got our dossier together and we're all ready to adopt from Thailand. Um, And let's see, I think it was about 18 months into the process and, It still was looking like it was going to be a long time until we were what's called like matched with a child. So it was like, you know, kind of this waiting process. And then when our number was up, they would take like, you know, the available children and based on like information about us and questionnaires we had filled out, they would, you know, place a child with us like on paper, essentially. I was very open to special needs and medical conditions from the very beginning. Um, I think One, because, you know, I always had, like, that interest in medicine. And while I didn't end up going to med school, I ended up becoming a pediatric nurse. Um, So I had just finished nursing school around the time when we started the adoption process. And um, and also, while well, I was in India, I, um, I met several kids at the orphanage that um, had polio and used crutches or different things um, to get around, and met some other kids that had um, some more chronic conditions, and I just had a heart for them. It's hard to explain more than that, because it's not as though... I really was exposed to a lot of kids with special needs like as a child myself or anything like that. It was really just as a nurse and just, I I don't know, I guess just feeling especially drawn towards a child that I worried that maybe if we weren't there to say, yes, we want you, we love you, like come be in our family, that like what if they didn't have a family then? You know, with our choice to adopt, we just felt like, yes, like please, Lord, like give us, give us a child who just really, really needs a family.
0: While they prayed and waited, Beth became intrigued with the idea of adopting what's known as a waiting child.
1: Holt, our adoption agency, and many other adoption agencies also do this where they'll have like lists of kids where, you know, no one in the traditional adoption program has matched well with this child because they weren't open to their special need, their medical conditions. Sometimes it's just their age um, or, you know, sometimes it's more emotional type of things going on with that child. Um, and so I really wanted to apply for a waiting child that we felt like, you know, drawn to and just felt we could care for them. But Chris felt, like weird about that and and which I totally get to because it is weird it's like you're looking through you know a directory of kids and how do you say yes to one child and simultaneously feel like you're saying no to all these other children so it's like this oh it's like this gut-wrenching process it's like oh it's like wonderful if you find that child that you're like yes yes we will be your parents and then yeah at the same time feeling like but what about all these other children so um So Chris and I did differ on that one thing. He said, no, let's fill out the survey.
0: Part of all of the paperwork involved in an adoption application includes a long survey about what kind of children you are willing to adopt. As you can imagine, it can be a difficult and complex process.
1: You know, there's this long list of questions like, would you be open to a child with this condition. Would you be open to a child with this special need? Would you be open to this age group? Would you be open to sibling groups like all these different things? And I mean it, it got pretty detailed in terms of the conditions and some of them I was like, um, I don't know what this condition is. Let me go look this up. Um and so that process too was a bit gut wrenching because on the one hand you're like, yes, yes, we will take this child, that's, yes, that's great. That's fine. They're missing an arm. No big deal. Like, fine. No, they don't have legs. Oh, no problem. And then someone, it probably sounds strange to everybody out there. Um, but then on the other hand, you're saying, wait, oh, will we accept this child? Oh, and then, you know, thinking about it and, and oh, and feeling like no, I'm not sure if I am ready for that child. Um, and I will say for us, I'll be totally transparent, um, we were very, very open to a lot of physical needs and conditions and medical conditions unless less open to um, the more emotional type of conditions or maybe like a psychological condition or um, developmental conditions um, delay some of those even we had said more like a maybe for um, some of those and it is one of those things where and this is so different than you know like a lot of the parents that you've talked to I'm sure because clearly if I had been pregnant with a child with any condition at all then I you know then I then I say yes then they're my child and it's a Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, you know what that's like having, um, you know, with Betty. But at the end of the day, it really was. It was like a lot of prayer and a lot of um, knowing that at the end of the day, it was still God who was going to bring just that right child into our family. Um, but also knowing too, I think some of the things we said no to were more based on being a military family and knowing that we moved around a lot. Oh, I know one of the ones we said no to. And this is one that in the future I would love to say yes to. And that was, um, a child who was like completely blind or a child who was completely deaf. And the reasons we said no to that at the time was, um, because everything I had read and learned about those particular conditions were that having a particular school and a community for that child to plug into was just like so, so, so important. And I worried that we would be moving so often that it would be hard to get them connected and plugged in and, um, and whatever else. Um, and those are two conditions, though, that I'm like, oh, I, oh someday – like and I guess maybe that's something that's on my heart is that uh, someday I I want to fill out that questionnaire and say yes to everything and just and have that level of faith I guess mm-hmm. that you know just totally yes yeah and and see what happens I love
0: that and it, and it's something I think a lot of people like you said don't think about but when you decide to even try for a baby on your own mm-hmm. you're essentially checking off all those yeses on your own you just never know and even even if you're adopting an infant because you know Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people see that as kind of the ideal in terms of adoption like Mm -hmm. if we can get them from day one then yes we'll do it but you just have no idea what that could what, what could come along with that and what things could develop along the way
1: Right, right. You're still checking yes to every box. So yeah. And that's what, you know what, that brings up a good point, Sarah, because it was so interesting. Like when people found out we were adopting, there was that sense of like, oh, like, you know, you guys are kind of daring and what if this and what if that? And I just, and I had that same thought that you had, which is, yeah, but how daring is every person who tries to have a baby ever? (laughs) Because you checked yes to all the boxes. So, um, yeah, so in some ways I felt like, oh, it's it's not all that daring, <laughs> you know?
0: So Chris and Beth Ann checked the appropriate boxes and submitted their application.
1: So Chris wanted to just wait and be matched with the child. And they would, you know, if a certain child from Thailand became available in, in their, you know, program, and it had a certain special need and we said yes to it, then, like, you know, we would be matched with it. So we were waiting and waiting and waiting some more. And of course, I was like so impatient and I still just, you know, I just felt for all these kids on the waiting child list. And I was like, but we could give one of them a home right now. You know, why are we still waiting? Um, And so I think during that time period, uh, I brought two or three kids to Chris's attention that were on the waiting child list and said, by Chris look at her. We could totally be her parents and it would be awesome. And please, 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 please. And it wasn't that like in any of the cases that I brought to Chris, it wasn't that he wasn't open to the particular special need. It was just that like he just very much felt in his heart this conviction that no, that's not the way we're supposed to do this. Like we're no, 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 let's wait. Let's wait. And God will give us the child we're supposed to have. So this happened several
0: times. Beth Ann would find a child, bring it to Chris's attention, and he just felt strongly that this is not how their family was supposed to come together. Until one day in January of 2012, when everything changed.
1: Here's another thing Holt does is they'll like feature a waiting child on their blog, and I think they do that like maybe every week they'll feature a new waiting child and just kind of tell more of their story and talk about their personality and you know do you know anybody that would be you know parents for this child? And so one day I went on there and um, they were calling him Hudson at the time that was like his pseudonym because they never use like their real names from um, the the country they're from. And so it was about, it was all about Holden. And so I'm reading this post and I just, I just thought that could be our son. That could be our son. And, but you know, when people like talk about stories like that, I will say in all honesty, in, in my case, I had already said that about a few other kids. So like, don't, don't give me a lot of credit here. I like, was just
0: going to ask you that. Like,
1: yeah. so, how like, many I kids? Could, <laughs> So, they, like, there had been three before, but but I will say, I don't know, something, something just felt different. Like, I think with the other kids, it was like, maybe, maybe, let me go talk to Chris. But with this one, I was like, this could be our son. I don't know. There was just something different about it.
0: Holt features waiting children from all around the world. But this little boy, Holden, was from India. Beth Ann and Chris still weren't 30, but it had been a while since she had looked over the rules, so she decided to double-check.
1: And so I, like, went on Holt's thing, and they have this little system where you can go in and see, like, what each country's requirements are to adopt from them. And I went in, and I checked, and it said 25, that you, if you were, you know, a married couple, you only had to be 25 years old— or older to adopt from India and I was like what what when did this change so like I called Holt I called Holt and was like is this true like please tell me this isn't a typo is this true Um, And so they said, no, it's true. It's it changed. Like India had recently revamped their entire adoption process. So this was like a nationwide thing. Like the country of India decided (laughs) that parents could, you know, if you were married, if you had been married, like, I think more than three years, all you had to be was 25 years or older.
0: While she was on the phone with Holt, Bethann got a little bit more information about Holden, specifically about his medical condition and the special needs that he had.
1: The, the way they described Holden's condition when he was featured as a waiting child was they didn't really describe his full disability. They kind of – they talked about him as having, like, a congenital hip dislocation. And so, like, I had done research on that, and I was like, oh, like, he can have some surgeries and fix that, and, like, that'll pretty much be it. Um, but really, he had – uh, paralysis of his legs um and so and he didn't have a very firm diagnosis but they just knew like um he had club club feet and um, his knees had you know were like fixed a bit they don't um they don't straighten out all the way and his hips were a bit affected and He's he's not able to walk. His his legs are paralyzed, and we're not sure exactly why or what the condition is. And so, I didn't find that out until I got on the phone with Holt to request more information. And so, and I do remember in that moment, I just kind of froze um, when they said, you know, paralysis of lower limbs, and I just I just froze and was like, I, I think there was just like a few seconds of silence, but it, it felt like forever. And I said, oh, so he'll need a wheelchair. And they said, yeah, it, it looks like he probably will. Then I just said, okay. And then we just kept talking about all the other things. I, I don't know. It just, like, my heart stopped for a minute. And I thought, okay. Like, he's, he's my son. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you know? It just, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. But um, I remember getting off the phone with them and... Um, Like I kind of I took a walk around the block with my dog and was just kind of thinking about this. And um, the one thing that I was feeling at the time, and and this is still, I think, kind of like our story is there hasn't been like as a parent, there's not that much that's like hard for me in terms of like Holden's disability. But what's hard for me is the fact that he has to go through that. You know what I mean? Um, just like it's just that moment where, and every parent I know feels this way. It's like you want your child to have everything. You want you want things to be easy for them. You want everything to be great and perfect. Um, and and that's not what God chose for Holden. And, um, and it's been so wonderful and so beautiful in so many ways, but there's always that sadness of like, I just feel for him, you know, um, there's just, there's certain moments where he can't do what other kids can do or he gets left out because he can't keep up and, and that was the same it was kind of weird because even before you know I, I was his mom at that moment even before I was his mom I had that same sadness of, of just thinking about the things that he might miss out on because of his disability.
0: Bethann was already convinced that Holden was their son there was just one person left to tell
1: that evening when he got home from work it's like he just got home from work he hopped in the shower I couldn't wait I just had to tell him right then so I'm like standing outside the shower just blah blah blah, blah 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 just talking all about um Holden and saying like what do you think what do you think and for the first time he just he looked at me he just like he was like so calm and so serene and he just said okay And um, the okay wasn't like, okay, yes, let's apply to be his parents like right now. But it was because I think I'd asked him the question, like, will you think about this? Will you consider him? And he said, okay. And he had ne- like, that had was never on the table before. Like, he had never, the other children were like, no, 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 no. This isn't no, no, no. I know this isn't what God has for us, kind of thing. Like, no, I'm not considering this. Like before, it was like, no. I mean, I could plead with him for an hour, and he's like, no, I'm sorry, I love you, Bethany, but I'm not. <laughs> and this time, it was like, okay. So I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I like. So then I I called Holt, and I got all of um, like they have um. You go through this little process to kind of like the initial application to make sure we were eligible for Holden and then they would, you know, give us a lot more information um, and they always recommend that you, um, you know, take all the information, the reports they have, the photos, the videos, and you take it and talk to a doctor just so you have like a clear understanding of what they believe the condition is and, you know, just go in with eyes wide open. I'm thinking like, okay, but he's ours. It's, it's I mean, whatever. It, it, like in all honesty, I don't think it mattered that much what the doctor said.
0: Ann was confident that they had found their son.
1: Like right after Chris had given the okay, we both started thinking about how we could make our house work for a child who used a wheelchair. And I like, I just remember thinking in my heart, like, he's gonna say yes, he's gonna say yes, because like, before he had never, he wasn't picturing any of those other children in our home or in our life and and how that would look. And in this case, like he was totally like he was like thinking about ramps and um, just and what activities we could do. And, um, yeah, it was just different. And, and I knew before that point, you know, I that Chris was open to special needs, too. I mean, you know, we had filled out that gut wrenching checklist like 18 months before that point, And we had done it all together, you know, over a weekend, just spending hours, um, you know, pouring over that list. Man, I love Chris so much, and i just uh, I just admire him so much for giving that yes because um you know I, as a as a marine and as a guy who you know Chris lettered in like three varsity sports in high school and and I knew what that meant for him to say yes to Holden um he was essentially saying like yes, like I'm excited about this little boy and it's okay that he might never play football with me or, um, you know, do some of the things that I grew up doing or that I probably pictured doing with my son. He just immediately went to, okay, like what can we do with Holden? Like what are all the cool things we can do together? And he even like right off the bat was like, okay, I want to get a grown-up wheelchair so like I can wheel around with him and we could do, like if we're doing a sport together, like we can both do it. In wheelchairs, and I can help them learn.
0: Chris was officially on board. Within a week, they heard from Holt that they had been approved to become Holden's parents. It would be 15 long months before Holden would come home. In the meantime, Beth Ann and Chris fell in love with their little boy by watching videos of him.
1: A month before Holden was a featured waiting child on the block, um, a, like the director of like all of Southeast Asia for Holt had gone and visited his orphanage. And so she had all of these wonderful videos of him and her interacting with him. And those were just the most amazing gift. Like I just, oh, I just watched those videos over and over gosh, I don't, I mean, I just fell in love. I just, yeah, I fell in love
0: watching him. Finally, in December of 2012, Chris and Bethann traveled to India to meet Holden for the first time.
1: So we got to meet Holden. Um, we, we only were able to spend like two days with him. So we were just hanging out with him at the orphanage, um, two days in a row. And then we had to say bye. But we we knew at that point that we were so close to the finish line. Um, We were really just waiting for a judge to put a final stamp on the court order and then for his passport to um, come in. Um, And so we thought like a month or a few months at the most and then, you know, Holden would be our child forever.
0: Beth Ann Schwamberger is a mom, entrepreneur, and podcaster living in San Diego, California with her husband, Chris, and their son, Holden. You can find her on the web at brilliantbusinessmoms.com, and you can find her podcast on iTunes. Just search for Brilliant Business Moms. Today's episode was recorded and produced by me, Sarah Evans. If you enjoyed the show, please take a quick minute to subscribe in iTunes. Each and every subscription, rating, and review will help make Bringing Up Betty easier for other parents to find. Be sure to tune in next week for the rest of Beth Ann's story. You won't want to miss hearing what life is like now that they've brought their energetic little boy home. For notes on today's show, visit bringingupbetty.com slash nine. Also, I'm excited to announce a new feature, the question of the month. Every few weeks, I'll be posting a new question on BringingUpBetty.com, a question that I want you to respond to. There's a place on the website to record your answer directly from your phone or computer. Just visit BringingUpBetty.com and then click Share Your Story at the top. This month's question is How have your child's special needs changed Halloween for your family? There are only a few more days to contribute your answer for the current question, so be sure to visit the website and record your answer today's podcast was brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash betty if you're looking for more ways to support the show visit our website and click support thanks again for listening and have a great day